Welcome to the Postpartum University Podcast, where we support you and your provider in understanding the science, the art, and the sacredness of healing after birth. I'm Miranda Bauer, your host, your postpartum nutrition specialist and homesteading mom with four wild kids. It's time to get you the holistic whole body healing that works. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Postpartum University podcast. Of course, I'm Miranda Bauer. And oh my word, I have an incredible episode for you today with Hannah Scott. And Hannah Scott is a professional life coach, which means she's helping you meet your goals. Although we're not talking about that today. Hannah's Mm -hmm. actually going to be telling us her story with dysautonomia. And we're going to talk about this and the rising statistics that we are seeing with dysautonomia, especially in the postpartum period. So this is a very fascinating subject. It's something that I am seeing on the, like, I I could just log into Facebook and I just this last couple of weeks, like the reason why we're on this call is because I'm like, oh my gosh, why are all of my friends getting this diagnosis right now? And so we we need to have this conversation. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, hey, thank you. I am so pumped up for this. So, so excited. I've been a fan of you, Miranda, for so long. And I am so excited to have this conversation about dysautonomia because same, I've seen so many people talk about it, but not know where to go after they start having symptoms and they don't know what it is. And doctors are still also learning about this too. So this is a super, super exciting conversation for everyone. So let's, let's first talk about what this is, what are the symptoms, and then how did you become familiar with this? And let's talk about your story after that. Yeah. So dysautonomia number one is not a diagnosis, actually. It is a, a term describing any disorder of the autonomic nervous system. So um, your autonomic nervous system is a very complex system. (laughs) So what it is, is obviously it's your nervous system and there's two different parts of it. There is your parasympathetic, which is, I guess, the easiest way to explain it. If you've never heard of these terms, it's kind of like a car. So your body is like the car and your parasympathetic nervous system are the brakes. So it, what it is, what calms down your body and that's all parts of your body that are quote unquote outside of your control, like your digestive system, your, your stomach, your blood vessels, your bladder, your eyes, your saliva. And then the other side of it is your sympathetic nervous system, which is basically speeding the car up. So like your fight or flight reaction and all of the cortisol and stuff that is released into your body when that happens. So that is it in a nutshell. Yes. So when we're looking at this and we're seeing, you know, all of these diagnoses essentially, um, Mm -hmm. which again is not necessarily a diagnosis, it's a category that you're Mm -hmm. being put into for a group of symptoms that affect the nervous system. Yes, that is it. And it's, the reason why it's so complicated is because it's very large and there are so many symptoms and a lot of different types. So there are 15 types of dysautonomias, quote unquote. 
And I'm just going to run through a list real quick to um, let you guys know what some of the, what do you call it, um, symptoms of dysautonomia is. So number one would be difficulty standing still. And the standing still is really important. And hopefully we'll be able to explain that to you guys soon. Fatigue, chronic fatigue, lightheadedness, nausea, brain fog, palpitations, and shortness of breath are the top, the top symptoms. Which is so difficult because so many of those are also related to things like depression, anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. And other autoimmune conditions that affect the body. And so oftentimes, you know, I, I, what I generally see is that we have a, you know, an awareness factor, all of a sudden we're aware that something exists and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it shows up and we're like, oh, well now, because we're talking about it, more people are getting diagnosed with it or more people are agreeing with it and that kind of thing. But there's something else that's happening here. And I, and I really want to be clear in this, that this is not, let's not normalize the fact that this is emerging and, and becoming a thing. Yes, it is running rampant right now. Yes, there is a lot of things that are going on, but mm-hmm. I will I want to stress the significance of of the fact that we have so much control over this and which is why I'm so excited to have you on the show sharing your journey. So tell everybody about Yes, I think the number one thing that you just said is the fact that you have more control over this than people, websites, healthcare professionals give you credit for. Literally, if you Google dysautonomia, it will tell you that the autonomic nervous system is out of control. It's the things that you can't control, like breathing and your heart rate. Well, you can control your breathing. Can you hold your breath right now? Yes, you can. Can you run and feel your heartbeat racing a little more? Yes, you can. There are certain things that you can do as an individual if you are finding these symptoms in yourself. So yes, control is <laughs> such a huge part of my story. So I, I really want to like, let's dive in because I am not even familiar with your full story of your diagnosis, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? And <laughs> yes. how, and, and, and t- just tell everyone about what transpired in your life regarding this topic. Yeah. Um, So first and foremost, I'm just going to throw it out there. I was really nervous to talk about this because telling like a story of healing, that's a big weight on someone. And I just want to say for everyone listening, anyone with a chronic illness, like healing is not just a gold stamp of health. Like there's no, like you don't reach the end and then all of a sudden you get a sticker and you're all done. Like healing and health is something that you have. It's an ongoing life thing. Mm. So like, I will say this is my story of healing, but like in real life, I'm healing every day. It is something that I am constantly thinking about and working towards. And I think that everyone who has a chronic illness or any of these symptoms, that's something to keep in mind in your own journey. Like there's no gold sticker at the end of this. Like this is life. We have bodies and they break down and we have to, we have to maintain them just like that car reference. (laughs) So All right. My story. Well, number one, I was setting myself up for a health crash and I had no idea. It was um, a lot of 
un, being uneducated on my side. So my background growing up, I was a nineties baby. I ate bologna. We drank the Coke. We had, <laughs> we had the ding dongs. And in my family, I was kind of the runt. I was really small and it was really common for me to pass out or get what my family would call like shaky. And my parents just thought that was because I was the runt because I didn't eat enough. It was really normal. And looking back as a parent, I'm like, how are you guys not concerned? But (laughs) that's another story. So that was just me growing up. And then when postpartum hit, my body just could not take it. And it was, it was a lot of things. Um, Number one, I had, I was depressed during pregnancy. So pregnancy, depression, Miranda, I know that you've talked about that. Definitely a thing. And when I had my baby, I actually stopped being depressed. I had a fantastic first three months, but there was a lot of things that I didn't realize were stressing me out. Number one, again, Miranda, this is something that like, if you guys haven't listened to Miranda's podcast or like dived into the resources, guys do it. Like, don't even hesitate because her info really helped me with my journey. And whether you're in postpartum or not, or you have friends, it's just so helpful. So one of the things that she says is like sleep. Sleep is such a necessity. And that has to do with your autonomic nervous system. Because if you're not getting sleep, that the system that puts your flight and flight response on is actually going into overdrive to hold you awake. So if you're not sleeping, you're going to feel more jittery. You're going to have more anxiety. You're going to have those heart palpitations. Your body is going to release more cortisol to keep you awake. So number one, if you're not sleeping, prioritize that. That is so huge. I wasn't sleeping. I was scared to co-sleep. I I would actually, guys, this is so bad. This is so, I can't even believe I did this, but I would drink coffee before night so that I would be able to stay awake with my child because I was so nervous of falling asleep with her. And I wanted to make sure that nothing happened. So I would drink coffee before bed. Horrible, horrible. I like shame on me. (laughs) Um, There's zero shame because we do whatever (laughs) we can in the moment to take care of ourselves and our baby, even if it feels extreme. Like looking back, I could tell you all of the quote unquote crazy things that I have done in order to take care of ourselves, but we're all doing our best. There is zero shame. Yeah. You, you're so right. You, you're so right. Um, but it was something that stressed my body out. And I just, I didn't even take that into account because I was like a night owl and I was still in my early twenties when I had my first daughter. So it really wasn't that odd for me. So sleep, then let's talk about the, um, gosh, working out postpartum. I personally was not ready to work out, but I felt just so much like reading about postpartum and all of these women that I was surrounded with um, were very much in the whole, you need to exercise, you need to eat right, you need to lose your postpartum, like mom bod. I, for one, guys, I'm a petite person. I didn't really even have a mom bod, quote unquote, to say I didn't have a stomach. I... um really, I was just kind of following the culture and I started dieting and I did the cultural diets, like some of the fad diets where you eat the smoothies, drink the, drink the drinks that make your adrenaline rush even more so that you can lose weight faster. And I didn't realize I was losing way too much weight. I was also nursing full time. I wasn't, 
I really wasn't taking care of myself. And I didn't know this again. I just was following all the information that I saw in this fun, like postpartum culture that so many women feed into. That's just not true. So thank you so much for saying that. Uh, (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. Just, yeah. (laughs) Well, and basically a long story short of like my health crash is I think it was around six months postpartum, my body started to not enjoy what I was doing. I started to have joint pain and not like little joint pain. I'm talking about like the kind that was excruciating. And if you are someone with chronic pain, like you understand this, if you're somebody who has not had chronic pain, it's just something that you cannot like wrap your head around. It doesn't make sense. But I've had three kids naturally known pain meds at this point. And honestly, I would go through childbirth so many more times than chronic pain. It was so painful. And I went to a doctor, my dad had rheumatoid arthritis, which makes you hurt. And he basically told me, Hey, you know, there's a 90% chance. Like that's what you have. I did the research. I knew that I didn't want to go on meds. I knew that that was basically just another way to hurt your body, I guess. So we decided to kind of change our lifestyle and change our diet and all the things like that. And uh, it was not, it didn't work out. I, my health crash started to escalate and it really kind of came, I I just started having all these weird symptoms where it was joint pain, like shocking symptoms, neuropathy, brain fog. I just was not living good. I started having chronic fatigue and would go to the doctors and they're like, you know, I think like maybe you should go to, you know, somebody else. Like I just, I started getting sent all over the place to different people. And so many of the times they were like, oh, it's just postpartum. It's just postpartum. And although they were semi-right, just putting that over swooping postpartum label on it was not helpful. So I ended up having a weird episode where I passed out. This was kind of the height of the experience. I passed out. My husband was not home. I was like going in and out. My daughter, I put her in the crib and I was able to text my husband like SOS and he was able to come back. And this was when I believe my daughter was about nine months. And he came back, he was checking my pupils. And basically I had a bizarre episode where I started laughing uncontrollably, crying uncontrollably. Um, My eyes were rolling back in my head. I started shaking. And then basically I couldn't speak. I was trying to say the words and it was coming out as gibberish. And so we made it to the ER and I had like an alternate personality for half an hour until I came back. And the doctors in the ER were like, well, maybe you should sleep more. Maybe you stumbled upon some drugs. This was really weird. We don't know what happened. And I went to a few doctors after and they said, you know, it might've been a TIA, which is a mini stroke. And that is hereditary of my family. My grandma has had nine. My dad has had one, but for my age, it was really uncommon. And after that, I started having seizures, wakeful seizures, I guess, where I couldn't leave my house. It was the craziest thing. I couldn't walk. And I went to doctor after doctor and had a lot of labels thrown around. And honestly, even with me not being able to leave my house, being in excruciating pain, having seizures, people were still throwing around the label. label, It might be postpartum. Hmm. And that was just so bizarre to me. And I remember one of my 
appointments I went to and there was a nurse who basically, like I was telling her how frustrating this was. This went on guys for years. I think it was year two where I finally decided like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to the doctors. They obviously don't know what it is, but then I stumbled upon a doctor who passed me this book. The book was called The Dysononomia Project. And he said, hey, read this book, look up the symptoms, see if this is something that you might be having. I read the book. It was, it's a book that is so fantastic. If you're having any of these symptoms, highly recommend. It's a book that is for patients and practitioners. It's written by so many doctors that specialize in dysautonomia. And with that book and that resource, I was able to go back to a doctor who actually was just down the road from me and get diagnosed, quote unquote, diagnosed again. I believe diagnoses are relative because depending on what doctor you go to, you're going to get a different di- a different diagnosis. So I've technically been diagnosed with a lot of things. Um, and then it's like changed over the years. So basically my, um, my seizures dwindled down into fainting episodes. After I stopped all of the stress of dragging my daughter with me to all of these different doctors, I started learning how to take care of myself. And really the biggest healing factor for me was becoming an expert on myself. I love that. I love that. And it's so, so key, like, and this is part of my own healing journey too. And I have some of the best doctors that you could ever imagine who were supporting me through my own journey of healing. And I still had to advocate for my own self. There was still this level of no, wait, that's not right. Like, no, there's this other component that I really need you to pay attention to. And, and so just putting that out there that, you know, sometimes you don't even get that, but even when you do, you still have to advocate for yourself at that level. There's no, there's no in between. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, it's so right. And I think prior to that, during my whole couple of years of running from doctor to doctor, I had a small child and I, I wanted my husband to be my advocate. I didn't want to have to speak for myself. I was tired. I, I was also nervous. I had had a traumatic experience with one ER visit that I went to that we don't really need to go into, but guys, it was bad. <laughs> so there was that on top of it. But yeah, after I was able to step back and really like look internally into myself, I realized that it wasn't just to sleep. It wasn't just my diet. It wasn't just my relationships. That's also a huge thing. Having a support system was huge. At that time, I was surrounding myself with a lot of people who didn't serve me, who didn't meet me at the same energy level, who didn't meet me um, where I was at or encourage me. And as a new mom, that is so important. And if you don't have that, guys, like that also stresses out your autonomic nervous system. I also want to point in that your autonomic nervous system changes when you have a baby. And it does that to support your child because your autonomic nervous system actually responds to your baby's. So like if you're holding a baby skin to skin, I don't know if you guys have seen the research, there's been studies that show that what you're breathing, your your baby will do the same thing and for temperature regulation and stuff like that. So your body as a mom, um, especially as a first time mom will change your autonomic nervous system in order to support that secondary life. So even if you don't have (laughs) dysautonomia, your body is changing. So if you're not like ready and prepared and having that support system to support these things, it's going to put extra stress. So 
once I realized that um, the support system wasn't there and the people I was surrounding myself with were stressing me out. And when I released some of those relationships, that was, that was huge. That was like something that I didn't expect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk about this in detail in the postpartum nutrition certification program. It is an Mm -hmm. absolute amazing topic that we have to get into and speak on more. So I'm so glad that you brought this up, that our nervous system is already changing. And that is why it is so common in postpartum to experience dysautonomia because your body is already shifting. Your nervous system is already shifting. And then there's, there's a few other components, like you're not getting enough sleep. You're not eating the, as, as well as you should. And we are faced with so many neurotoxins in our life right now. There's study after study talking about how our bodies are all of a sudden that have plastic in them. And, you know, what's going on with, with all of these toxic levels within our bodies. So you couple that with lack of sleep, lack of proper nutrition on top of a biologically normal shift in your nervous system, mm-hmm. and we have a perfect storm for dysautonomia. It literally is. And so many women are experiencing it and some of them don't even know. And there is ways to control it. So just in my healing journey, I basically, what Miranda was saying, like, because your nervous system is changing, like preparing yourself for that and doing those shifts prior to postpartum or even knowing about it can help you before you even get to this point. And I wish, I wish that I had known so many of these things before. So it's so beautiful that this podcast is here to help practitioners and doulas and so many professionals help other women with this and women that are just listening for fun like I do. Let's be real. You're exhausted and overwhelmed, have zero support, your hair's falling out, and you feel like you're failing as a mother. Hashtag ugly truth. Postpartum University has the support, tools, and community to heal your body in ways that you have never imagined. Go to www.postpartumu. That's postpartum, the letter u.com slash reclaiming to learn more. So you, you had gone through quite a a journey of healing. I mean, this was really years and Mm -hmm. you focused significantly on nutrition, which was not salads and smoothies and things like that. Correct. Um, oddly it was a little bit until I started listening to yours. Actually, So I did a lot of different things. I tried a lot of the diets like autoimmune protocol, gluten-free, dairy-free. And what would happen is I would feel better for a little bit and then I wouldn't feel better. And then I would feel better for a little bit and then I wouldn't feel better. And it actually wasn't until I started listening to your podcast, I believe in your book, where I realized like that was one of the key components that I was missing was the nutrition. And so I think I was on year three or four. I was almost fully 
done, I guess I was not as symptomatic. I had gotten it where I would only um, pass out like a couple times a year, which for me, where it used to be every week, that was freaking like amazing. It was a miracle, but I still, I was not giving up. I still wanted my body back. I was a very physical, active person. So I'm like, there's something missing. And I stumbled upon Miranda. And, um, one of the things that she speaks on is, you know, having cooked fruits and veggies, like that gives you more nutrition. And the biggest thing that I was missing is we weren't eating meat. We weren't eating red meat, but I just had my third baby and I started feeling symptomatic and I was like, something's wrong. I gotta, I gotta figure this out. And I started listening to hers. And, um, after implementing red meat back into our diet guys, um, I feel like that was that and one other thing was like the missing factor. And it's so weird because so many places are like, go vegan, go vegan, go vegan, or like vegetarian, or only have a little bit of meat. But guys, my body has done amazing with me. And also Miranda talked about how to like slowly implement that back into your diet. And she also talks about like what your body does when you haven't eaten meat for um, a while. I forgot what it was, but you said there was something that like was released in your body. So you have to like slowly implement it back. Otherwise your body's going to release it. Miranda, do you remember what that is? Yes, it's enzymes. Enzymes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this in detail in the postpartum nutrition certification. I have free trainings on this as well. So you guys can always go to the show notes and, and see the different uh, uh, things that we have available for you to listen in on. But nutrition as, as Hannah is sharing with you is a foundational piece. And so I I want to, I want to highlight that, but also talk about the other areas as well. So you've talked about nutrition, you talked about sleep, cleaning up the relationships within your life. What other factors were a part of your healing journey so that those who are listening in can be like, okay, I've got this, I've got this. No, I'm missing this. Like, let's, Let's dive into that. Like what were the the components that you speak on in terms of how you healed your, your body or that you've gotten to a certain point where you feel as if this is no longer a challenge for you? Yeah. So number one, I gave myself a lot of grace. In the beginning, when I first started being symptomatic, I was very much in the sprint where I would sprint and I would feel good, but then I would get so excited and I would just go and do all the things like see all the people do all the Pinteresty mom things. And then I would crash again. And I had a cycle of that. So I reached a point where I was like, okay, this is, I, I, this is a slow journey. Like it's taken a lot of time for my body to get here and crash. Even if it's just, even if you're somebody listening and it was the nine months of your baby holding a baby inside you and then having a baby like nine months is a long time. And it's not going to be just a month or a few weeks for your body to all of a sudden snap back and heal it's going to take a while. Um, And I love that Miranda says like postpartum is like six years. So I started giving myself grace and realizing like the only way I'm going to get better is to do it little by little. So I started picking out different parts of my life that I knew caused me stress and I started fixing them. And that's actually why I became a life coach. So I started with things like I already mentioned, my nutrition, number one, and I did what I could for my season of life. So like I would meal plan, I would really set up routines in order to do that and simplifying it. My house, my house was a big stressor. 
I had a hard time moving around physically, but I also like a clean house. Like that's just who I am naturally. So I had to give away like I literally had a pile for Goodwill by my house for by like my front door for a year where I would go take a pile, give it to Goodwill like every single week until I simplified the things in my house so that I could enjoy my kids, my life, relax and not have to be like a pusher of things, which was a big stress for me. My relationships, my spirituality was a big thing. I also did, this is kind of a little off topic, but still on topic, EFT tapping. I hired a coach for that. EFT tapping is amazing and it's so good for your nervous system. So highly recommend that. Totally look into it. I fixed things in my marriage that I didn't know were there. That was also big, especially with your close like relationships. I started speaking out about what I want and what I need, setting boundaries. And that's such a huge thing. Number one, as a woman, hey. And then number two, postpartum, when you're like relearning yourself and you're like giving so much of yourself to your child and maintaining your home. A lot of the times we get so stuck in that and then we forget to like, go back to setting our boundaries. Like, Hey, I need to sleep. I need to set a schedule. I need time for myself. I need to eat. I need to drink my water. So maintaining those life standards were huge. And goodness, now I feel like I'm just talking. (laughs) So good though. I'm like, keep talking. And I'm (laughs) sure everybody listening in is going to feel the exact same way because what I'm hearing from you as often what I hear from my clients and those who are in the reclaiming postpartum wellness program, which we we cover all of these things in detail, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's the, it's, it's using your body as a compass. Like you don't just have these symptoms because that's the way it's supposed to be. Your body is naturally in a very happy, healthy state without symptoms And when we experience these symptoms, it is an invitation to analyze what is going on in your life that is not working. Can I get a hallelujah? And so it's like everything that you said, it was like, I'm going to take all of these pieces. I'm going to look at them at, in the depths of them, I'm going to stare them in the eye I'm going to do the ugly thing. I'm going to have the yucky conversations. I'm going to do the hard thing and release and let go and speak up and learn how to care for myself in the way in which my body is telling me it desires. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with any chronic illness, you're just exactly right. It's your body is speaking to you. If you're having symptoms, it means your body is saying something in your life needs to change. And this doesn't mean that you need to think yourself to happiness, guys. That doesn't work. Trust me, I have tried it. Start going down the list. What is it that needs to change? It might be a lot of things on your list, a lot of little things, a lot of big things. It might be one big thing, but something is not right. And you have to be the one to do the hard work because that's what it is. It's hard work to heal. And like my doctor told me when I saw him, my doctor wanted to put me on like five different meds in the beginning. And I one said, no, I'm only going to take the one that I need. So I took one for a month and I said, is there another way? And he said, it's hard work. And most people don't do it. You have to put in the work. I forgot to mention, I also did physical therapy. That's also a thing to strengthen my heart. 
I had gone for years and years without using my heart. I wasn't walking. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't doing the things. So again, that sprinting mentality. I have POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Oh man, such a mouthful of POTS. So that's the number one, I guess, kind of dysautonomia. But well, I'll, I'll give you some resources where you can look up and do all of the hard work and the research yourself so that you can see if this is something that you deal with. Yes, yes, absolutely. So let's let's share with everybody what those resources are. And again, if you're listening in, of course, just drop into the show notes because we're going to have all of those listed out for you. So Hannah, tell us all the things. Yes. So the first one is um, the dysautonomiaproject.org. So this is a nonprofit that basically teaches you everything you need to know. This is for patients. This is for educators. This is for physicians as well. So it talks about what dysautonomia is. It gives you the list of symptoms. It also talks about like coexisting conditions that make you basically make you more susceptible to having dysautonomia. Honestly, that's the biggest resource that I would give you. And then that book that I um, mentioned to you guys as well, it's called The Dysautonomia Project. And it's by multiple people. So it's by Kelly Freeman, David Goldstein, and Charles Thompson. And then lastly, if you want some life coaching, I work with a lot of people that have chronic illnesses because I've been through it. I've walked through it and I know that there is something on the other side of it. So if you need somebody to help you with this accountability or just somebody that understands the hardships that come with having chronic illness, because it truly affects every area of your life. My website is hannahelizaconsulting.com. Ah, gorgeous. Thank you so, so much for sharing all of your wisdom, for taking a moment to just share your journey and your story, because I know that it's not an easy thing to do. And I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you and all your kind words. Like I'm over here melting. beautiful things that you're saying. And I, I'm just, I'm so appreciative. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. And thank you so much for your work and what you're doing. These conversations are just, I'm so happy that they're in the world and that more people are talking about it because God knows that more moms need these things in their life. So thanks for having me. It's been great. And hopefully I will listen to you soon. (laughs) Thank you. Love this episode? Let us know by leaving an amazing review. Your support is everything. Want more? Head over to postpartumu.com. That's postpartum, the letter U.com, and explore how we support moms like you in holistic whole body healing that's specific for the unique needs of mamas in the years postpartum. See you there.